0: We don't, we don't need to look at each other.
1: What do you mean? I miss your face.
0: <laughs> I haven't even been gone 24 hours yet.
1: <laughs> I'm just kidding. I have the place myself. It's great.
0: <laughs> I, I bet you are loving every damn second of it. Although, tell them you, I am loving this giant ass bathtub that yeah, I'm going to fucking soak Fine. in I'm as so soon jealous. as we're done this.
1: I'm literally so jealous.
0: I also got a very impatient message from Chris today going, um, I uploaded or opened up Spotify this morning to not see a sibling rant. So is this another rant this week? <laughs> I was like, no, woman. Tomorrow. Jesus. <laughs> Any Anyone who caught that at home, take a drink. Welcome to episode 47 of Sibling Rants. Rants. It's your big brother, Andrew.
1: And your little sister, Bronwyn.
0: And we're recording remote again, y'all. For the first Woo-hoo. time in a long time, Bronwyn and I are not sitting in the same room with each other. Uh, which means... <laughs> it is sad, but I mean, it's also it's, no, it's, it's kind of fun it's to a, be back to this. Kind of fun. <laughs> um, but that being said, our uh, land acknowledgements—we're actually going to do two separate ones because I'm halfway across, you know, Canada. Well, you're not a province. A,
1: a, <laughs> you're I'm a province. A pro- away.
0: <laughs> I'm a province away. I'm in Montreal for the weekends. Um, So I would like to begin by acknowledging, and this land uh, acknowledgement specifically comes from Concordia University, which is uh, located downtown Montreal, approximately where I am. And I'd like to begin by acknowledging that downtown Montreal is uh, located on unceded indigenous lands. Uh, The unceded lands of Montreal are known as Jotjake, and they are shared by the Anishinaabe Haudenosaunee and the Gehaga peoples. And I'm really hoping that I said all of those right. I listened to the recordings multiple times to try and make sure. Um, it's recognized that the Gehaga are recognized as the custodians of the lands and waters on which I am currently situated. Uh, and today it is home to a diverse population of indigenous and other peoples. We respect and continue connections to the past, present, and future, and the ongoing relationships with Indigenous and other peoples within the Montreal community.
1: And as I sit here on Zoom to record in you know my and our usual home of Kitchener, uh, we are situated on the land or I am situated on a land that is the traditional home of the Haudenosaunee, Anishinaabe, and Neutral People, which is part of the Haldimand Tract. And uh, we recognize and deeply appreciate their historic connection to this region, and we also recognize the contributions Indigenous peoples have made in shaping and strengthening this community. We are grateful for the opportunity to create on these lands we occupy and reaffirm our commitment to truth and reconciliation. So welcome Zach. back.
0: Welcome back. And, you know, again, getting getting a little more of Canada encompassed this <laughs> time around.
1: <laughs> yeah, because when I was in Edmonton, I did a solo episode, so it was just me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, mean, I mean, we've had your... We've had Chelsea and... Or no, sorry, Caitlin and Raven yep. from, from uh-huh. Ottawa. And we had Mark joining us from London the other week. So, I mean, we've, we've gotten a little bit, but now I kind of feel like... I, I I want to have as diverse a uh, an indigenous land recognition yeah. collection as we can get here. So
1: yeah, and I think as we I do this, a... we're just helping remind people that it's important to know the lands in which we're on, right? The lands in which we occupy. I think it's important. It's like an important lesson. Like, no, it's not perfect. Um, yes, it is. You know, a, a more performative type act to do land acknowledgements, and I understand that there's you know con- there's some. Um, uh, like conversation about that but I think it's important as white people that we do them and that we remind people by doing them that it's important for them to also know the land in which they're on so um, mm-hmm. the more we can I'm cover also fascinated
0: I'm also fascinated like as we move to these different areas where like I'm like what 600 kilometers away from Kitchener yep. and yet there are still mentioned to this region for the Haudenosaunee and Anishinaabe people Mm-hmm. So it's like we we fail to realize just how much land belonged to these different groups. And it's very interesting to see where they overlap. Yeah. And I think it
1: was less like the land belonging to them, but it was the land in which they, you know, tended and oversaw and, and took care of. And I think that that's a very interesting, because, you mm-hmm. know, like when we talk about um, owning land and whatnot, and and that's a very colonized view of of the land in which we're on, and... And uh, I think that's all very interesting. Anyway. Well,
0: and apparently uh, looking up a little bit too, just, you know, while I'm here and it's relevant topic of conversation, Jochage or Montreal, as we know it, is uh, or was a very common gathering place. And the name derives uh, essentially meaning where the group splits. Hmm. And apparently, this was uh, where a number of indigenous tribes went their separate ways, but it's also where they all came back to trade. Oh, interesting. And uh, the Great Peace was signed between them in 1706 here.
1: Oh, that's very interesting. I know.
0: So, yeah, fun times.
1: I'm learning. (laughs)
0: <laughs> hmm as am as am i i pulled this up and i was like right i'm in a totally different space i need to look this up before we get rolling here so yeah, yeah. i'm uh i'm hanging out down in montreal i have Lucky joined bastard. my friend Sh- <laughs> i joined my friend shane and uh he just you know wanted some company for a big old long drive we're mostly down here for him for work and me for doing whatever the fuck i want <laughs> uh, <laughs> the best because i can't it is the best kind of trip. Actually for the first for the first time ever tonight I actually had five guys.
1: Oh. And then
0: I was hungry afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't not make that joke. Uh,
1: you know what I caught it though. I did catch it. I know
0: you did. I know it's because you're ready. You're ready for my antics.
1: <laughs> it's true.
0: Although I'll tell you, you know what no one's ready for Shane's antics. Oh my goodness. I love <laughs> Shane's him. Shane's antics. <laughs> I love him dearly, but, man, I will tell you, that boy struggles with French words.
1: Oh, my God. guys, <laughs> did we yeah, snap earlier?
0: Oh, my God. I had to send Brown a Snap, guys, because we're sitting there trying to read shit. And for those of you who are unaware uh, slash don't use French much in your life, a convenience store in French, particularly in, in Montreal, is referred to as a couche tard. And Shane <laughs> reads it and goes, hey, look, it's a couche tard. <laughs> I couldn't.
1: <laughs> That's so funny. It, like, I grew up in Ottawa, right? So I, I grew up around French. And I don't speak right. it very well, but I can understand more than I can. Like, I can read it better than I can speak it. Mm. <laughs> so it's always a, a reminder to me that a lot of people did not grow up around French. <laughs> it's right. It's a <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Yeah. So that that was fun times. It's It's been a good trip also, down here.
1: <laughs> um, Fun little anecdote. I was speaking with my dad and my stepmom came too. They were in the region this weekend. Was it this weekend? No, it was this week. I don't remember. Monday? Anyway, it doesn't matter. I think it, I think it was Monday. <laughs> I think it was Monday. Cause I, well, my whole schedule is all thrown off now that I'm working retail again, right? So it's... I forget that, like, I don't have weekends off anymore. I have days off.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> so pretty Monday. much. But
1: anyway, they were in the region and um, my stepmom was telling me that I guess my grandma does still listen to the podcast and that her comment is still i just wish they wouldn't swear so much <laughs> so anyway sorry yeah. grandma i love sorry, you sorry grandma <laughs> <laughs> this is how i roll <laughs> i had a i had a customer come into the store not that long ago and he was like swearing at me not at me but like around me and he was like oh my god i'm so sorry and i looked at him and i gave him one of those like sarcastic smirks and i was like of course i had my mask on so he could only see it in my eyes but i was like that's my second language. You can do what you want. And he laughed. <laughs> I don't think he was expecting somebody at a jewelry store to say that. But I was like, what do you expect? I have purple hair. Like, I am not normal.
0: Right? How how classy you think I really but am.
1: That's how you make connections in jewelry stores. Just let them swear that, at you.
0: <laughs> uh, well, yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> one way to do it. Well,
1: I mean, with you, I guess at you, he wasn't swearing at me. He was being very kind, but it
0: was just, well, that's good. I swear at work all the time and I just have to make sure to not do it over the radio because (laughs) that's when, you know, it'll be my luck that my boss is standing beside someone from outside the plant (laughs) (laughs) and they go, excuse me, what did your staff just say?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That would be the moment. Anyway, Anyways. Sorry. Also, if anybody hears chewing noises, it's because, one, Andrew didn't edit them out, and two, I'm eating McDonald's, so. Hey,
0: hey, 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 hey don't blame me for your <laughs> chewing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> chicken nods.
0: Uh, mmm, chicken wing, chicken wing, hot dog and bologna.
1: <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay.
0: Anyways, so sidetrack. What are we ranting about
1: today, brother?
0: <laughs> uh, oh, the usual capitalism. Ha <laughs> Oh my god! Um, no, but actually, so we're we're gonna have a, it's a rant, but it's also an interesting discussion. So Brahman and I were talking about this not that long ago uh, about uh, a TikTok that she had seen. Surprise! <laughs> <laughs>
1: TikTok is like but
0: this one was really educational, and I think it ended up coming across my page as well at, at some point. Or Bron would just send it to me, uh, and it stated that capitalism died. Mm. in mm-hmm. 2008. Yes, this one. I sent it to
1: you.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, And that we actually shifted to... Uh, oh, and it was confirmed in 2020 that capitalism was officially dead and that we've made a shift to what is now being called neo-feudalism uh, or in some circles being referred to as TCF, which is techno-capitalist feudalism. Yes. Uh, so to give a little bit of uh, direct definition here, and this is coming from Wikipedia, but I, I feel like... It was the most concise path for me to come up with this information for the Wikipedia Uh, does
1: sum up what the TikTok was saying pretty well, so
0: Yeah, so neo-feudalism or new feudalism is a theorized contemporary rebirth of policies within governance and economy and public life reminiscent of those which were present in many feudal societies. Such aspects include but are not limited to unequal rights and legal protections for common people versus nobility, dominance of societies by small and powerful elite groups of society, and the relations of lordship and serfdom between the rich and the poor. Um, Which I mean... When you start thinking about that in terms of that as opposed to capitalism, it starts to really give more of an accurate picture as to what we're dealing with economically these days. Well, especially because we since talk...
1: 2008, um, with the rise of the 1%, like the, 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 the gap between the 1% and the rest of us has widened exponentially, especially during this pandemic, mm. but over the past decade and a bit. There were 20 years, I guess. Decade and a bit. How? Oh, my God, Brahman. It, 2008 was
0: not a decade ago. Anyway. I know. It feels like it, but it's it's longer. I
1: know. Oh, my God. Anyway. <clears throat> How long ago was... 19, so, like, 15 years ago? I don't know math. Yeah, about that. 14 years ago? Oof. 14 years ago. Anyway. <laughs> I digress. Um but the the gap the wage gap has increased exponentially it is actually higher the wage gap is higher now than it was during the french revolution um and it, it was still feudalism during the french revolution revolution i believe or at least some mm-hmm. form of feudalism um and uh like the one percent don't just—it's not just that they have a lot of money; it's that they control everything. Our governments are controlled by people with money. Like you look at all the stuff that Doug Ford does, and that the, specifically the Conservative government does. But even the Liberals, like the amount of stuff Trudeau doesn't do because he's afraid of what the impact it'll have on the wealthy, <laughs> or the the mm-hmm. impact it'll have on him when the wealthy find out—you know—that kind of thing. Like, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and you can see that a lot of policy is governed by. The wealthy, Um, the fact that actually one of the really scary things that happened recently that a lot of people don't see as scary, but don't realize the actual impact of is when um, Elon Musk decided he was going to move his satellite or whatever for internet connection to you over Ukraine so that Ukraine wouldn't lose their service. And people were like, oh, that's Mm. such a great thing that this billionaire is doing. And what they don't realize is not no one person should have that much power. The fact that he could yeah. just send that over or remove it in a moment's notice. Um, the fact that we're calling all these Russian billionaires oligarchs, but we're not doing that for the for the rich people in the states, because that would have way too much of a negative impact on on what they're able to do. Um, the fact that government decisions specifically around like a lot of these things that happen in the individual states happen because of the people running them have a shit ton of money. Um so it's very, like, when you look at it that way, and you really start to break it down, you're like, oh, yeah, like the divide is just instead of kings, and queens and ro- and royalty governing everything, it is just the ultra wealthy, ultra wealthy, apparently words are not my thing today. <laughs> so, yeah, it's very, very interesting, and it's also you know, well. And horrible.
0: it's wild diving into because uh, when you do start going down the Wikipedia, apparently this concept is not something that necessarily is exclusive uh, to cropping up in the late aughts uh, that we see. Uh, it actually was first brought up in an essay published by John Kenneth Galbraith in 1961, titled "Neo Feudalism." And then it was followed up by several others afterwards. So you have uh, Jürgen Habermas uh, using the term refutal. Okay, it's in German, and I don't read German. But it's re- <laughs> the English translation is refutalization. I'm not even going to try and pronounce the German because it'll, it'll just be awful. Um, and that was in the following year of 1962 in his paper, The Structural Transformation of the Public Sphere. Uh, And he used that to criticize the privatization of the forms of communication that he believed had produced the Enlightenment-era public sphere. Uh, And while not talking about neo-feudalism as such, later commentators have noted that these ideas are similar to the idea of neo-feudalism. Uh, correspondingly in 1992, Emmanuel Wallerstein expressed views on global development, listing neo-feudalism among three other variants by neo-feudalism Wallerstein referred to autarky regions with a localized hierarchy and high tech goods available only for the elite. uh, the elite and autarky for those who don't know. Cause I was like, I don't know what this word is, (laughs) uh, is the characteristic of self-sufficiency usually applied to societies, communities, states, and their economic systems. So this has been tossed around for longer than Bronwyn and I have been alive. This isn't new. This is something that people had clocked in the 1960s. And it's just gotten increasingly worse. And it's not surprising because if you look at a lot of the the graphs that are out there for the wage gap, it's around the 1960s that it starts getting really bad. And it's the start of that really sharp slope that we see where we're at like the absolute worst of the worst right now with it.
1: And the, the, the very steep climb started in 2008. Because one of the things that we saw is all of these people, particularly boomers who had had really good long-term jobs and decades of experience had lost their jobs during due to the 2008 recession. And instead we're just looking for any job that would do. And so that's why now those of us who graduate from university within the past, you know, couple of decades, we go out and uh, specifically in the past decade, we go out to look for a job and it requires five to 10 plus years of industry experience for an entry level position. The whole point of entry level positions is that they're supposed to be entry level. You shouldn't mm-hmm. need experience to do them. But we but in 2008, this recession and the amount of boomers that were looking for like jobs desperately after they lost theirs ruined the workforce for those of us who yeah. are still in school or entering school during those years and now it's fucking impossible. Like I keep, I I think I've said this on the podcast before, but I dare anybody who says it's easier to find a job than it is to make up a generic um, uh, resume. You can't have your current qualifications. You have to go with a general degree and some, you know, a hodgepodge of like customer service experience and whatnot and go out and, and put your resume out there and see how long it takes you to find get a couple of interviews, because yeah. it's not easy. It's
0: <laughs> no, it's it's absolutely ludicrous. It's part of the yeah. reason why, again, well I've I've stated I'm content to sit at my job right now, even if it drives me bat shit up the wall, because for me to move now beyond anything outside of the manufacturing sector is going to be incredibly difficult.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I look too about you know, like with all of this, there's also when you look at the, the, you know, the healthcare crisis in the United States, right? The whole the fact that a country that that deems themselves the first world leaders um, has a worse than third world healthcare system, and they will disagree because they'll be like, we have the best healthcare, but um, but when you have the poorest people in your nation going bankrupt because of medical debt, or like losing their house because of medical debt or not being able to afford to get treatment so they die prematurely because they they couldn't risk spending or like having that kind of bill for going to the hospital that's not you can't take like that's not taking care of your own that's not taking care of the people in your country like it's just and that's because the country is run by the wealthy right it's it is not designed for the poor. And like the, the United States is made up of a majority of people are poor in the United States.
0: <laughs> but it yep. is
1: run by the ultra-wealthy. And I you know, I think about and it's funny because like United States people in the United States will who because we've been deeply indoctrinated into the system, and even in Canada, we've tried to kind of Americanize ourselves for a long time. The conservative parties across the country right now are actively trying to privatize healthcare during a <clears> global <throat> pandemic. Um and uh and they don't see like it's all specifically for profit, right? Um when you look at sorry, words are not my friend today. When you look at the United States, like they they will make excuses for it. They'll be like, Well, I'm not paying for so and so's healthcare. They should have pulled themselves up at their bootstraps and, you know, gotten a good job. One, it's not about that. There are people there are companies that specifically refuse to pay benefits to people uh particularly they will keep them on part-time and people will have to work two three four part-time jobs and they still don't get benefits and that's not their fault that's not them not working hard that's the system being broken but the problem is is that even if they even if we're gonna go off of that premise oh they weren't working hard enough they should just get better benefits I don't want to pay for somebody else's health care. You are paying for somebody else's health care by paying into insurance. The difference is when you pay into insurance your whole life, they can still decide whether they want to pay for your procedure or not. Yeah. So you can still be fucked after you've paid them your whole life. Right. Cause they'll just be like, Oh no, that was a pre-existing condition. We're not going to handle that. Oh no, you're too young for that surgery. We're not going to pay for it. Like they will just decide that because it's, a profit game it is run by the ultra wealthy and all it is is that that money just sits in a pool and continues to gain interest and they make a shit ton of money off of everybody and then they get to just deny people the right to the healthcare anyway it's like imagine like i just can't the fact that people have bought into that system and truly believe it works blows my mind but that's what happens when you are in a neo-feudalistic environment when the rich are the only ones that hold the power
0: well and that's just it is where it is so many people who are indoctrinated into the system because we're dealing with and we've discussed this before too how many people think they are closer to the one percent than realizing Boy, so that they're many. one mistake away from being homeless well these are the
1: same people who like when you talk about taxing the rich they're the ones who are like i don't want my ta- i don't want to be taxed higher and it's like no honey sweetie baby child you will not be because you're not right? rich. <laughs> you know? Stop deluding like, yourself, please. You can have multi-million dollars in current society and you're not technically rich. Like, you are, but you're not ultra-wealthy. Sorry, I should change that. You're not wealthy. You are potentially very rich, but you're not wealthy. And the the yeah. ultra-wealthy, like, people think that you're not... Like, you could have several million dollars and you're still not close to the 1%. The 1% is, like, billionaires. <laughs> And I don't think yeah. enough people have enough of a concept of how much money a billion dollars is.
0: No, they really don't. And they'll they'll sit there and they'll look at these success stories of, um, you know, Bezos or um, what's his nuts from Tef- Tesla, whose oh name God. is escaping me currently. Uh, Elon-, Elon Musk. Fucking yeah, that one. <laughs>
1: Words are also failing me um, right now. Names
0: are failing me. But they'll look at them and they'll be like
1: Oh, well
0: they're self-made. They are they they just worked hard to get their money and you don't understand. They don't have that billions of dollars sitting around. It's in investments oh my God. and shit. Like,
1: Literally fuck off. Uh yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. They still have claim to billions of dollars. Like
0: mm-hmm. even even
1: hmm. Kim Kardashian, for example, this 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 clip of her recently came out of her being like, I just You know, I don't think people, I've got good advice for business women. You just got to work hard. It feels like people don't want to work anymore. This woman has $1.9 billion or her net worth is $1.9 billion. And yeah, she's worked hard for it, but not her alone. And also she was born into millions of dollars. Yeah. She was born, like her father was the main lawyer on the, um, what's it called case? What was his name? The, uh. Bernardo? No. No, no, no. Uh, I don't know what
0: case. I don't care enough about the Kardashians to have much of information on them no, that's
1: at really all. Bad that I've forgotten. Um, really big case in the United States. Uh, the foot was he football player? Oh my god! This this shows how little I know about American culture. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is it O.J.?
1: Yeah, O.J. Simpson. OJ Simpson. Oh, there we go. Name, like that name completely <laughs> left my brain. But yeah, you no. You said he football was player lawyer. and that's like the
0: only major was, case I knew. He was so. the main
1: lawyer on, on O.J.'s case, uh, like on O.J.'s side. And it like that's what – that was his claim to fame there. Uh, but he was wealthy. Or not wealthy. He was rich. <laughs> he, had, mm. he had millions of dollars. And he – and so like she was born into that. That's not – like I wasn't born into millions of dollars. And so no. me working hard has not equated me becoming a billionaire, right? Like, but I still worked fucking hard my whole life. Like, this is the whole fucking false equivalence of all of that. It's... Yeah. Like, just because you work hard doesn't mean you're going to get anywhere near that because you won't. That's the fucking lie of it all. No billionaire today is actually self-made. Self-made is a fucking myth.
0: No. It is it is absolute bullshit. And even, even just to make it, like, not even to be at the 1%, even just to make it into uh a territory these days of um, very comfortable living. And so so being on the higher end of middle class, you need connections. Yep into things. Oh you God. absolutely even, need connections.
1: Even the people who like, yeah, it's unfortunate that they lost a family member and they inherited money, but then they inherited money and that money helped them keep afloat. That money helps them put into investments. That money helped them get on their feet. Like yep. that is still something that other people don't have, even if it came from a tragic event. Right. And I think that we live in this world where people were so, we've been taught to believe our whole lives that it can only be one thing. So when you go, oh, there was luck involved, people will be like, I worked hard for it. And it's like, okay, but that doesn't negate the fact that there was luck involved. And yeah. you know, yeah, okay, saying there was luck involved when you lost a family member to inherit that kind of money is really shitty. But also <laughs> you could I mean have listen, lost no that, one said it was all no, good but luck. You could've you could have lost that family member and gotten nothing and still been in, yeah. you know, the bottom of the barrel, right? Like it's just that like you on some level, even if it was tragic, lucked into enough money to get you going. Right. And this is the, yep. we don't, people, uh, we're so adverse to recognizing that dualities exist. <laughs> you know, you can oh, I work know. hard it's for something your whole be. life and get nowhere and you can work hard for your, your whole life and happen to step in the right direction. Right. Like, yeah. That's Too not. many people
0: think it's one or the other. Yeah,
1: No, it's not. It's, there's duality to everything. Sometimes more yeah. than duality, you know, but it's, it's just this like. <laughs> some might even
0: call it nuance. <laughs>
1: interesting that um shock but it's just like it's so and the problem is is that's part of the indoctrination that's part of the lack of education that we get around it we have been taught to Mm -hmm. believe our whole lives capitalism good communism socialism bad (laughs) you know and like a lot of the things we are taught to believe are negative attributes to to both communism and socialism are literally happening under capitalism, or as we are now yep. realizing, neo-feudalism, right? Like, yeah. Those are not socialist. Actually, the only reason why we have been able to advance the way that we have is because of socialist constructs that have been woven into the capitalist structure. Mm-hmm. And that's
0: not without a lot of kicking and screaming from people. Oh my god,
1: yeah. The amount of red tape. Like, people, this whole pandemic has proved that. People being like, this vaccine was done so quickly, blah, 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 I don't trust it. Think about how many years they've been trying to do other vaccines and they couldn't get them through. And I'm like, if you could only see the truth, it's because when regular vaccines try to get through, unless there's enough of a buy-in, you Mm -hmm. meet a wall (laughs) because of money. When we because talk, the I was imaginary TikTok, construct of money. Yeah, like I saw TikTok recently that was talking about how people think that we only have the advancements we do today because of capitalism. We have the advancements we do today in spite of capitalism. And yep. it's actually very well researched that they, we would very potentially be maybe 500 years advanced to where we are now or, you or know, several hundred or whatever if we didn't have money as a barrier constantly, the amount of things that stop before they start because somebody doesn't have enough money to do it or somebody presents it and the investors shoot it down or like think about the amount of things we could do if we were not always so fucking tied to the fact that we need money to do it.
0: Yep. It's true. And I, it's, it's in that idea that we so often lose, uh, a number of people within the arguments who say, oh, well, you know, if, if everyone just had money or whatnot, no one would actually want to work. So people need to <laughs> understand, like, how to earn a dollar and all this shit. And it's like, not that's not it at all. You underestimate how much people want to actually do better by society and actually put an effort towards building something that we all can enjoy.
1: Yeah, here's my thing. I don't dislike my job. I actually really like my new job. It's going great. I love it. Uh, would I work as much if I had the opportunity? No, I'd work less. But uh, would I actually quit outright if I if I came into a bunch of money? No, probably not because I like my job. I like yeah. feeling useful. I like being able to contribute in some way. I like being able to help something function. I'm good at doing some of that work. The problem I have is the constant grind to work 40 plus hours a week when i don't have that in me first of all and two that becomes my entire life because i work 40 hours a week and can only barely pay my bills so i can't travel i can't see the world i can't you know make decisions to go see friends that live far away from me i can't it's not easy for me to do that stuff so i don't get to really live i work i come home i sleep i go back to work right and that's and then on my days off i'm so tired because i'm autistic that i Sleep all the time, right? And I don't yeah. do much because I'm trying to recover. Like, that's no way for all of us to live, right? And it's just no. This-
0: and, like, and that's where you see you're seeing success now, uh, particularly within entrepreneurs who are breaking that, breaking away from that mold and trying to get into the less conventional jobs. So, for instance, my friend Shane, he is a social influencer. Um, he is He doesn't work a nine-to-five job. The downside is because he works by himself, he's almost kind of working like 24-7. But at the same time, he really – he even was – he and I were discussing a little bit too that like he could be further along if he wanted to – pour that much more effort into what it he is that he does. But as it is right now, he's getting by comfortably doing the bare minimum amount of work. And he does what he, like we just up and took off to Montreal for a weekend. He came down here for a fucking luncheon with his agency. Like, because why not? <laughs> you know, that's, and those are the people you're seeing on TikTok, on YouTube, whatever, who are breaking away from these conventional molds and succeeding. And it's why, there are so many people who are heavily indoctrinated within our current capitalist society who look down on them and look at them with disdain and go, well, how can that be a job? And it's like, well, because not everything has to be what you do, Karen.
1: No, exactly. Exactly. Think about the amount of us, like all of us. And it's so funny. I think like people jump on this because they're like, well, I had to work this much my whole life. Like, well, oh, It's part of it. I'm like, but it doesn't have to be. You need to think beyond what you've already done. And you need to think about what could I have done with my life if I had not had to work 40 plus hours a week for most of it? Like the fact that like, like I've heard a lot of stories actually about people who have saved up for retirement because they're planning to live the golden years in retirement. They've done, they've worked, they've grinded their ass, making sure that they have enough retirement to live off of and be able to do what they want with. Right. And then they die shortly after they retire and barely got Mm -hmm. to, to like, you know, participate in retirement and actually live their life. Like the fact that we are supposed to grind, 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 grind until we're, you know, 65 or 70 now. And with our generation, millennials, it'll be until we fucking die because we don't have pensions for the majority of us. They took that away. No. Right. Like,
0: we're. <laughs> I mean, I will say, though, too, that I wish that I could solely grind ass and that it would land me in retirement.
1: Oh, my God. But we couldn't. Like oh. it's just it's any anyone who caught that at home it. take a drink. Oh, I see what you mean. I that's the <laughs> gross Andrew. <laughs> oh my
0: god! Ah, oh, she missed that one. I thought I, I was. I thought I was getting you caught up.
1: <laughs> I was too into the debate. I was too into the. You were. You
0: were. <laughs> I know, I believe uh, it. but it was too cold. I couldn't let that one ride any further because I was like, no, no, <laughs> if we're too far gone from this exact comment, it's not as funny. Oh my God,
1: that's funny. Uh, <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> okay, I've lost my train of thought. Anyway, the the point is um, we should not have to waste most of our lives working just for no. some wet pipe dream that we might get to retire and live until we're 90 doing whatever we want. Because you like by the time you're retired, you're not... Like physically able to do what you want anyway, for the most part, right? Like
0: it's just. No, I'm in my fucking mid thirties and struggle physically yeah, some days. I like, goddamn. Convinced,
1: <laughs> to be honest, to be honest, that our generation is going to age faster. We might be mentally more healthy, but I think we're going. Our bodies are going to age faster because of the type of grind we've had to do our whole lives.
0: Yeah, we are it, all just going to be very. I don't physically think people fully broken.
1: realize how much fucking st- stress affects your body. Yeah. And a majority of our generation has been under immense financial stress. Oh, yeah. Right. So it's, yeah. I don't
0: know. <laughs> it's uh, Well, while we're on the talk, I'm actually going to cover uh, another thing here, just to dive in, because I, I mentioned earlier in, in this, too, the term techno-capitalist feudalism, or what is shortened as TCF. So I'm going to read a little bit of a paragraph here just so people have a better understanding. Um, so the first person to coin the term of techno-capitalist feudalism uh, was a radical political economist, uh, Michael Luc Bellemare, and released a seminal tome on the subject titled "Technocapitalist Feudalism, in early September 2020. Described as the political economy of scientific anarchist communism or structural anarchism, TCF is a compilation of 15 years of economic research by the author, which began in the mid-2000s. So according to Bellamare, the epoch of Techno-Capitalist Feudalism is the epoch of totalitarian capitalism, whereby the logic of capitalism attains totalitarian dimensions and authoritarian supremacy. Oh, so one of the right. primary characteristics... Yeah, one of the primary characteristics of the age of techno-capitalist feudalism would be the degeneration of old modern class systems into a postmodern micro-caste system, wherein an insurmountable divide and stratum now exists between the quote-unquote 1% and the quote-unquote 99%, or more specifically, the state finance corporate aristocracy and the workforce population. So, moreover, according to Bellamere, in the age of TCF, the determination of values, prices, and wages is no longer based upon the old Marxist notion of socially necessary labor time, but rather upon the arbitrary use of force and influence, namely through an underlying set of ruling capitalist power relations and or ideologies which impose by force and influence numeric values, prices, and wage sums for goods and services devoid of all considerations pertaining to labor time. Please see gas prices currently. Mm -hmm. Literally, the biggest thing that you can look at right now that is directly impacted by all of this. So ultimately well, in the age yeah. of TCF... Oh, sorry, go no, ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. Ultimately in the age of TCF, whether a capitalist entity or a set of entities can get away with in the sphere of production and or in the marketplace is deemed valid, legitimate, and normal regardless of labor time expenditures. Anyone who works in the manufacturing section sector knows that this is a huge fucking issue right now. Because it's the, the whole adage of if you do really well and work really well, you are rewarded with more work
1: <laughs> for the same
0: fucking wages. Uh, according to Bellamere, in the age of TCF, most machine technologies are capitalist in origin, meaning these technologies are impregnated and programmed with capitalist biases. That is a set of specific biases that maintain, reproduce and expand power of the ruling capitalist relations and ideologies undergirding the overall capitalist system. Thereby, in the age of TCF, most capitalist machine technologies are used to maintain, reproduce, and expand the divisions and in between the 1% and the 99% by keeping the 99% predominantly bolted down upon the lower stratums of the system, all while keeping the 1% perched atop the upper stratums of the system indefinitely. In sum, the age of TCF, the new aristocracy that is, the capitalist aristocracy, which is synonymous with the 1%, concerns itself first and foremost with the accumulation of power and control, as well as reproducing hierarchical stasis by any means necessary. As a result, in the age of TCF, the new capitalist aristocracy does not seek to steal units of unpaid labor time from workers, but rather it seeks to influence and control all aspects of the workers' everyday lives, like me working six days a fucking week. Thus, the accumulation of power and their control orchestrated by the 1% and their corporations and the state is always at the expense of the workforce population, which itself is gradually impoverished, disempowered, and continually relegated to the margins of the systems, namely the margins of the TCF edifice as wage serfs and debt serfs. And that last part is super important because even if people think they are doing well – these days. If they think they're doing fairly middle of the road. If you look at the collective debt. Of any one individual right now. It's astronomical. It is absolutely disgusting. The amount of money you owe to whomever. you. A lot, so many people. Don't own their house. They don't own their vehicle. They don't own their property. You've got a mortgage. You've got loans. You've got debt out the ass. And who the fuck are you paying it to? The 1%. So. So. The debt serfdom is fucking real, even if and and, and oh that's God. just it, too. I mean, so when-
1: even just in my own situation, like I'm about to declare bankruptcy and I'm fucking grateful for it. And people are really shocked by that. Well, it's because when people say, you know, money isn't everything. No, money isn't everything. But debt is debt controls your fucking life. Like it has so much the so. amount of stress I've been living under for the past, you know, 12 years of my life, if not a little bit more than that, has been astronomical like i do not i could never begin to describe to people what that's like it's and you really truly are a slave to it it's because you can't you know when you have that much debt one you can't get more loans to try and help you to scrape out of it and get on your feet until you can pay it back because you've got too much debt and not enough income right so then you just become trapped in this literal hole of debt and you just start you start playing this game of like, oh, I guess, well, this month I'll pay this bill and I'll let this one bounce. And then next month I'll pay that bill and I'll let this one bounce. And then this month I'm going to try and pay rent halfway through the month and because I know they can't kick me out if I pay it halfway through the month and make sure that I do pay it. But I'm going to pay it then so that I can pay this bill. It's this constant game of trying mm-hmm. to juggle your finances enough just to get by. And then you become oh, – yeah. it, it affects – it doesn't just affect you this is the problem it affects your family it affects your relationships it affects the like you know if you're in the dating pool or not it affects if you if you have children or if you wanted to have children it affects that um it, it affects sometimes your your job like it, it affects everything everything your if you have a yeah, roommate if you have like oh my god it affects everything it it is so and i, and I think that's one of those
0: stressful. things it's one of those things, too, that people seem to – people who are immediately repulsed or rejected to the notion of it, all of this being a neo-feudalism is because they have this fixed idea of what feudalism looks like, right? We have this, this preconceived idea of, well, that's this is what it was back in the day, and they just – they don't realize – things like debt and whatnot and that that level of serfdom is just the modern equivalent we've just well, updated it with the times it,
1: yeah i mean like here okay so like it is ex- in ex- what i would ask those people <laughs> trying to find the right words What i would ask those people is how is it different like mm-hmm. take away the surface level stuff how is it different when you are a wheel or a cog in the wheel that is running everything and these things cannot run without you but you are being paid barely if not even livable wages to do so how is it different
0: and i think that's the problem is when you look at that they they are just very concerned with the surface level of things because we we grew up and and learning what feudal eras were, be it uh, in the far east or in Europe, uh, and it it looked a certain way, right? And now because it doesn't look that certain way, people think, well, that's not it. That's not feudal. We're not dealing with feudalism now. And it's like, no, nah, <laughs> really, start looking past what it looked like on the surface and start understanding. The actual bones and the structure to what feudalism is, and you'll realize that it is very, very prevalent today. That's why when Bronwyn had first showed this information to me and I started diving into it, I went, Holy whistling shit! <laughs> like, I have never heard more accurate <laughs> descriptions as to what our society currently living in and dealing with right now. Like, it's absolutely fucked. Yeah, it is. And it's sad how much we have to push back against people. Who are just in blatant denial. Like, I think that's the part that kills me the most is the level of blind indoctrination and having to push against those people to make them realize that, no, no, like, there's a problem. Like, we are the 99%. Tell me that if we couldn't actually pull our heads out of our asses and organize our shit that we couldn't be the ones making the difference and calling the shots but we can't because people are too busy being divided on things that really should be non-issue and i'm i'm talking like basic things too like there there's this world has bred so much hatred and ignorance and intolerance and it's it's one of those things that for every one of us that gets further and further educated there are five more who are willingly turning their eye to it and going, well, "No,
1: yeah, and this is and uh, you and I were talking about this recently but and I but I've also been talking to everybody about it cuz you know, it's me. But I uh, like one of the things that I find more infuriating, like we we've, we've got let's say there's, you know, 10% of people that are truly desire to be capitalists, right? They're like, "Yeah, I want to be the 1%. I truly believe I'm close." And they will refuse to see any of this no matter how much fact you show them, right? So there's that Mm -hmm. side. And then there are the 1% which are in that 10% because they're like, I win this way. I win. (laughs) I'm already at the top. And then there's, you know, there's the other 10% of us that are like, hey, we see this and we want to do something about it because this is not sustainable, but we do not know how. So let's figure this out. And then there's the 80% in the middle. And here's my problem with the 80% in the middle is the apathy that people have mainly because they do not want to disturb the life they already have because they are comfortable enough in their routine and in their 40 hour work week and in their married lives with their couple of kids and whatever, and they have the life that they've always wanted. And like, I'm not, I'm not angry at that. Like, good for you. But because of that, they refuse to see this and don't want to look at it because it would dismantle everything that they have worked for right and that is the part that actually makes me angrier than the people whose minds I will never change because it's the apathy it's the same with voting it's the same with anything that we're looking at there's the people in the middle that are apathetic to it that are the majority who are sitting there being like yeah I can see that there's issues here but honestly I'm comfortable enough so like I'm just really not going to do anything about it that makes me more angry than the people who are willfully part of it right (laughs) because it's just this like your in your inability to make any sort of changes in your life to try and better the world for a huge chunk of people is harm you are causing harm your apathy Mm -hmm. is harmful
0: people need to work more at being comfortable with being uncomfortable Like, we, there's so much shit that we've just been taught that is so broken and skewed. And there's no denying that, yeah, it's a lot to kind of, you know, shatter, deconstruct, and reconstruct your world. It's tough, you know, and neither of us are going to sit here and tell you that, oh, yeah, it's a total cakewalk. Just, you know, completely dismantle everything you ever thought you knew and turn it around. Um but it's work that we need to do. It's things that we need to start seeing in order to start seeing the larger picture and get an idea for just how broken our society is so that there can be a society to continue moving forward. Yeah. Like it's, it's really tough too because even when you do all of that work, not going to lie, there's a bit of apathy that comes out of it some days. You know, Brahman and I have talked about it. We don't think we're going to live to retirement age because we don't think the world's going to fucking be around long enough.
1: Well, but here's (laughs) the thing is that, okay, the world will be around and some humans will be around. Here's the None of this is going to affect any of the 1% because they will always have enough money to get by if we keep the system going. They will always have, you know, personal firefighters to protect their homes from the wildfires. They will always have the ability to up and move their mansions. To a new mansion that's inland so that when there's floods, they're fine. You know, like there will always be people that are protected.
0: Public guillotines? Public guillotines. Uh,
1: <laughs> I know people think that's problematic, but also. For legal reasons, this is a joke. Elon Musk. Just kidding. Um. Anyway. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Shut up. Um, <laughs> right, right. Legal reasons. Legal, legal reasons, reasons this, this, is, this a is a joke. <laughs> but the thing is, is that. Anybody who is paying attention to climate change and, like, really paying attention to it and listening to the scientists um, can see that w- what they're saying about us only having 10 to 20 good good years left is them being generous. And well, in Canada,
0: tra- we've proven that we struggle to listen to scientists as yeah, of late. Yeah, we
1: <laughs> but but the, the issue is that like it's we have been gaslit to believe that is our inability to recycle, that is, you know, like we're us needing to get rid of all plastic straws, things like that. Like we have been gaslit and not just that, but like indoctrinated to believe that it is those things that are gonna save the world because the billionaires that own the companies, the hundred Fortune five hundred companies that are causing the rapid change in, in climate change, they don't want to stop what they're doing. No. So they want us to take the brunt of the guilt for it. And that's not going to stop. Like when people, I know we're fighting for climate change and, and and I think and I believe we should be to, you know, lessen the effects of the, of climate change, but what the damage we have done so far and the inability Of these big companies to actually admit that they are the problem or not inability, the refusal, right? Because they don't care. All they care about is money means that Mm -hmm. 10 to 20 years is going to come way faster than we think. The world is not going to look the same in 10 to 20 years. And I don't think enough people realize that like eventually something's going to have to give. And people are going to have to have a universal basic income or something because a huge, like, we are one of the biggest generations. I think we are currently the biggest generation. And most of us don't have pensions. So eventually, when we get to a certain age, we're just going to have to come up with something, you know. (laughs) So one, I know that there's going to be something there. But I'm also not sure we're going to make it that far because of this, right? And it's just even even if we all became suddenly aware of everything that it would take, those companies are not going to stop doing what they're doing.
0: Well, and I'd also like to note, too, at this point, that even if that is where our current apathy rests with, please also note that that doesn't stop us no. from trying to make a difference no. and trying to make the change. And because there just, are others.
1: Uh, it sucks right now to be aware of it. And to feel like nobody else is, or very few other people are.
0: It sure does. It's that dog sitting in the burning house going, everything's Everything's okay. This is okay.
1: (laughs) But here's the thing, and I've been saying this to a few of my friends I truly believe that while it's frustrating, I'm going to have a better time of it when it does come to these things because I'm prepared for it in ways Mm. that other people are not. Their apathy is going to do them harm because they are going to suddenly be faced with the reality that they cannot look away from anymore. And they're going to be like, wait, what do you mean I can't have the same life anymore? What do you mean I have to move because my city is going to be underwater in two years? What do you mean? Right? Right. And we're going to be sitting here being like, well, you know, I feel for you, but also I warned you.
0: (laughs) I told you so. (laughs) So
1: you did at some point make a choice not Mm -hmm. to see it. And I hope you enjoyed those years. You know, because there are days where it just really fucking sucks to be this aware. Because it feels, it's yeah, very lonely. Yeah, absolutely However, I have created my community to, for the most part, see it. So, you know, that's good. <laughs> it's a little less lonely that way. But it is lonely on a greater scale, right? But yeah. eventually, it's not going to be so lonely. <laughs> and and I really do think that my struggles now are going to better prepare me for the future.
0: Yeah. I, and, you know, I'm truly hoping that is the case, too. I mean, uh, on days when it is heavier those are the days where i will dissociate you know i'm intentionally scrolling through tiktok or wherever and intentionally looking for non-political non-worldview things to watch because it's well, it, it is a lot but you
1: can't always like my tiktok is yeah a lot of political a lot of climate a lot of you know a lot of these issues come up on my on my tiktok but also i have videos where i watched have nothing to do with it you can't just look mm-hmm. at what's happening the difference between no. that and apathy is huge though Because you're actually paying Mm -hmm. attention and you're actually changing your perspective as you see new evidence and and all that stuff. The people that are apathetic are not. Right. They're choosing not to see it because it is uncomfortable and it is something that they don't want to have to worry about because their life as it is, is comfortable. That's not Mm going to be comfortable for them later on. So, okay. No. And the
0: the whole comfortable with being uncomfortable thing means that you also need to get ready to deal with the fact that not everyone's going to sit and have these conversations with you. And it's going to be palatable. You know that's that's the difference I see between Bronwyn and I specifically. Is I I'm just naturally the kind of person to uh, make a conversation palatable to be the peacekeeper. <laughs> that's who I've grown up to be. Uh, whereas Bronwyn so will nice. look at you. You're an absolute sweetheart when someone's <laughs> willing, but the second there's a the second there is a modicum of ignorance, you just it's a wall. It is a wall, and well, it is coming at them hard and fast. And you're either going to figure out how to climb over that wall, or it's going to fucking no. hit you.
1: <laughs> I would say yes to some extent, but <laughs> I do actually take a pretty like patient approach initially. When that changes is when I have provided a lot of evidence, and somebody's still like, you know what? I'm still going to not believe that. And I'm like, okay, well, fuck you, <laughs> and goodbye.
0: <laughs> and, that, and that's just and that's just it. That's the that's the this turn on a dime. Switch that I have less of. It's become more aggressive. Uh (laughs) The more that I spend time with you, the more aggressive it's become. (laughs) But that's also because you're learning that,
1: like, eventually. People suck. Yeah, people suck. And eventually, (laughs) there's nothing you can do, right? Eventually. Yeah. Like, we were brought up in a world that taught us, okay, it's okay to disagree. You can still be friends. The lesson I've learned since is there's a certain point where we can't be friends anymore. Yeah, (laughs) like I cannot, and that's hang out. This pandemic
0: has taught me that.
1: Yeah, same, and also just like I can't hang out with people who are going to continually deny things that are very important to me. No, sucks to suck. Get out of my life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And there's the Bronwyn Blakely take on things. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh! But yeah, it's uh It's a bit of a rough go, but it's, uh, like I say, if if you want now the the rabbit hole to traverse down and educate yourself on is neo-feudalism and techno-capitalist feudalism, Uh, because uh, the more you read, the more you see that it's a very, very stark picture of exactly what we're looking at in our world right now, and there's so much more information. Oh, yeah, like, I could sit here and I could read off more shit to you guys, but, like, it's it's kind of boring for me to sit here and just give you static information that you can pull up on your own. And like, literally, all I read was like things from Wikipedia. So like, that's a a real surface skimmer of a look at things. You can definitely start diving into a lot of this material a lot yeah. more and uh, start to see that that's where things are at. And what the best countermeasure is to that, I can't say Revolution. beyond education. <laughs> Yeah, true. (laughs) Light it all on fire. Burn it to the ground. Public guillotines. Still a joke. Not. um. (laughs) But, you know, it's... uh, I think arming ourselves with the appropriate education and knowledge is a lot of the first best steps. And, And having these conversations with people. You know, don't be afraid to have these conversations. Don't be afraid to go in these conversations and say... That you don't necessarily know everything. Brahman and I don't know everything going into these conversations. Yeah. But, you know, oh my we pull up our research. We'll but pull up Andrew's our research more, literally as we go. I believe in this
1: wholeheartedly. And Andrew's done more research than me.
0: Yeah. well, Because I like the initial thought. But I was like, okay, I'm not going to sit here on the podcast and half-ass it to you guys. Because we don't that, – that's not exactly what we do. We want to make sure that at, we're arming you with as much knowledge as you can. On topics that we're going to talk about, uh, you know, and we oh, might reach a point yeah. where who knows? Maybe we'll have someone who is a specialist in this field who comes on and joins us for a discussion. Um, but in the meantime,
1: well, we've taken you know, like do do some respons- light slash
0: heavy reading. <laughs> oh, go for it.
1: Yeah, we've taken we're on, on the Zoom. This, with this delay. Podcast. I know. Podcast. We're, all, we're on Zoom, and we're also not. We don't have our video. Our we don't have. Shut up. <laughs> we don't have our videos going. <laughs> Because he's because on sketchy shaky hotel shaky internet Wi Fi at the hotel. <laughs> anyway, what I was going to say is that we have taken on the responsibility with this podcast not to be the bringers of hard hitting news, but to bring you concepts that are currently hot. Ta- you know, hot potato topics. They are things nobody wants to actually touch. That people are starting to be aware about and it's our job the to elephants bring... in the room yeah, no that's exactly it it is the elephants in the room and we bring these topics and we try to make them a little bit more approachable so that you then have the tools to go research it on your own without feeling the same kind of defensiveness that you would in a conversation in person and that like that's what we take on so we're we're doing a little bit of the research for you and we're sharing a little bit of that and then it is your you know prerogative afterwards to do the more research if you would like to but these are, mm-hmm. you know, relevant things that are coming up that we think is important for you guys to know.
0: Because we're all angsty and hate all the world. Done. So yep. celebrate in work. our angst.
1: <laughs> the afterlife has to be better than this. Come on.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I have. Uh, that's that'll be an interesting. We're going to have to do a podcast okay. on that sometime, too. But Just a
1: terrifying. An, what was it? I was talking to. Oh, no, it was a TikTok that I saw. Fuck. TikTok is the cesspool, but it's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It was this TikTok that was talking about how there is a theory that instead of, you know, our souls do it, you know, going into one place when we die, that instead we just wake up in a different timeline. And I watched this TikTok and I immediately got I immediately became so terrified because I was like, no, that sounds exhausting. It means you never actually get to eternally rest. You just wake up in a new timeline. And there, ha- like, while I say there have to be better timelines than this, there are probably also worse timelines than this.
0: <laughs> hey, Bronwyn, how fucking high were you when you watched this?
1: <laughs> Not very. It was also. Oh, okay.
0: This, well, I feel like so we should
1: terrifying. be. Oh, I should be. <laughs> Well, I don't know. High like brown for... is... is still pretty. Like I still view things very similarly.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely! Absolutely, I just I think it would be fascinating for us to do an episode one time yeah, where we're both just hi- where we're both just yeah. high as fuck and discussing about what comes next. What does the that, afterlife sure. look like? Yeah, I know. Don't judge me. Oh my
1: god, yes. We should absolutely do that. Okay, we are going to do a high episode. I think that's an oh god. excellent idea. <laughs> and we should absolutely record it, it on a Saturday night.
0: <laughs> I promise you. It, you guys will see the regular episode, but I'm willing to put fucking money that it'll be like a two and a half hour long episode before I get to <laughs> editing.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> oh my god, It'll be an adventure. But I am for it. I think a high episode would be... Great. I think we should do it. it
0: it'd it be absolutely <laughs> hilarious. I mean, today would have been a good one to go green, seeing as it's St. patty's Day. Fuck! St. <laughs>
1: Patrick's Day. Ugh, I heard rumors I know, but... that students were planning to gather again on, for St. Patrick's Day, and I really hope that they were just rumors because this
0: pandemic oh, is not
1: over. And also, fuck the Ezra Street Party. Fuck that party.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm grateful that I am a province away right now. Excuse me. Thanks. Bye. Uh and you know, everything seems fairly calm here, which also reminds me, I think when I'm done this podcast before I end up chilling in my nice lovely soaking bath. I'm going to be going downstairs <laughs> to the bar because we got two free drinks for each of us for each night that we're here in this room.
1: Oh, that's amazing.
0: Yeah, Hell right. Yeah. <laughs> Time to go have some delicious celebratory drinks, but I'm also probably gonna have to get dressed nicer too, because I have entirely spent the day in sweatpants and a sleeveless shirt <laughs> looking like a homeless person.
1: <laughs> An unhoused person. Yes. <laughs> um yeah, you should do that. You should except, see, except my beard is still on point. Yeah, true. You you should see <laughs> if uh you can get something to go, because if you can, you could then just sip it from your bath. That would be fucking sick.
0: I know and I'm kind of think the same ideas because especially because we can totally call room service and I got to go read the cards and see if it's something that I can call up the drinks because that would be yeah magical.
1: because like that'd be sick because I there have been times where I have absolutely contemplated seeing if I have enough money to go get a hotel room just so that I can take a bath because our bathtub is way too small and um, right way too shallow and it's very uncomfortable and uh, some but, red and sangria get so and a bubble bath let's go. <laughs> Oh, fuck yeah. Um, People get so grossed out by that because they're like, oh, those bathtubs aren't super clean. And I'm like, you think I care? (laughs) I probably should care.
0: But I do not.
1: (laughs) They clean them. It's fine. No. They may not thoroughly. Whatever, man. Do what you got to do to go and have
0: a relaxing fucking time because, exactly, it's good enough. We're poor. For the purpose of sitting there and soaking (laughs) and relaxing in. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, hey, all you gotta do is go to the Hilton Suites oh, in town there.
1: Anyway, well, I feel like we could leave the episode here. I'm just because...
0: saying, uh, yeah, it was a good topic coverage. Um, no, like, I don't know I that we can't. can really start much new. Oh no,
1: no, I can go to the other ones, just not the
0: one on Husker, which other? Because that's where my ex works. Oh no, 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 no! I was talking about the one that's up tucked around. Also, y'all can tell that there's like a wicked delay because of my hotel. Like that was a. We're yeah. hearing it and <laughs> commenting on it. That was a huge gap there. Um, no, there's one that's over. It's off of the highway. It's not off of the highway on 24. It's like tucked up in a way behind. But that's I where the ex and I, I went. You're at-
1: saying now. So I feel like this is a good place oh, fun. to wrap it up. It's over by St. James. Yeah. No, it's on. It's there it is. Everything's going
0: to catch up. Uh, okay. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. The internet's getting <laughs> wacky. So <laughs> we're going to drop it bad. here.
1: This is telling us to go. <laughs> but Yeah, uh, this is
0: the uh, universe saying we're done.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But
0: uh, Oh, there we go. We kind of caught up. She actually heard okay, that in don't time.
1: Jinx it. Don't jinx it. Okay, okay. So anyway, <laughs> thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. Uh, as per usual, you can follow us on social media. We are Sibling Rants on Instagram and Facebook and Sibling Rants Pod on Twitter. And uh, you can, you know... If you feel like it, you can send us an email, um, siblingrants at gmail.com. If you would like us to talk about a certain topic or if you think that, or if you have any comments on something that we've mentioned, um, we would happily take a look. And uh, I'll throw it over to you, Andrew.
0: Yeah, as usual, too. You can also leave us a review. Tell us what you think of the podcast. You can hit us up with a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Music. Is that all the places? Is it just the two of them? i don't know in any case i know for those two for sure uh facebook. oh yeah and facebook that's the other one. <laughs> I one this is listen you flipped the script on me okay you ended up taking the social media plug and forced me to do the review plug uh I my did. body was not ready but I yeah did. leave no us the five rats. star reviews no regrets <laughs> leave us all the five star reviews friends tell us what you think tell your friends about (laughs) us bring more listenership on and uh otherwise we'll be back next week next two weeks from now slash you know we'll see how life goes but whenever until then yeah yeah. exactly (laughs) you'll get it when you get it and you'll fucking like it (laughs) (laughs) until next time y'all
1: Anyway, oh, well, on hang day. on, we're gonna see if we can time bye. this. We're gonna see if we
0: can time this right. Oh. oh, are we gonna Oh oh she dropped the bye already? Okay, it's hang on. Delay! I give, don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a one, two, three, and okay. we'll see if we can get okay. it. Okay, we'll see y'all next week. One, two, three. <laughs> bye. Bye. Oh my god, no, that <laughs> delay was off. <laughs> I'll fix it in post. Fuck it.